to the Podcasting Guild, Babylon 5. I am your ever-present host, Eric. I am joined today not by one host, by two hosts, in fact, uh, Vincent and oh Andrew on the God. other side. Yeah. What a day. Hey, We have everyone. a guest host. Hello. This is my brother-in-law, Vincent. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering how to get on this highly successful podcast, uh, the answer is nepotism. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and maybe That's greasing true. some palms with some fat uh, stacks also of just cash. cold hard cash yeah <laughs> bribes we do take bribes y'all if you want a guest star this, uh, this is a highly hit, corrupt hit podcast <laughs> look i think we just figured out how to monetize this thing yeah you know advertisers don't want don't want any of this but nothing is more fun than co-hosting <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get much better that's for sure. Well, one thing that's more fun is watching Babylon 5, Season 2, Episode 2, Revelations. That was the right one. Yes, Eric? That was the one I was supposed yeah, to watch. Yeah, you watched the correct one this time. Perfect. Question is, did Vincent watch it as well? I did watch it, yes. Oh, we all <laughs> watched it. Uh, yes, it is pure nepotism. I'm here. This is the only episode of uh, Babylon... I almost said Star Trek. The only episode of, of Babylon 5 I've ever seen. Well, there you go. It's quite the entry. Yeah, uh, I have things things to say, (laughs) hopefully. We'll get a complete outsider's look into this episode, it sounds like, and we'll be diving into that. Before we do that, why don't we talk a little bit about Vincent's qualifications as guest host here? Uh, I'm Andrew's brother-in-law. That is my only qualification. Like like, like, like we've said, it's pure (laughs) nepotism. Did you watch sci-fi as a ute? uh yes uh tragically it was mostly star trek voyager (laughs) yeah i am sorry to hear that well you know that's okay had you seen babylon 5 you would have been disqualified disqualified um, co-hosting this podcast so probably best probably best that you missed it because now we get to experience it together we do or or at least this one episode well (laughs) you at least you you at least had considerably more context from what was happening i did read the two sentence summary of the first season before (laughs) watching the episode so well you know i haven't read the two sentence summary of the first season but i'm guessing it gets you most of the way there i I think so things happened i believe yes yeah many things happened well, let's talk about it, because actually my internet's been going out all week, and we don't know how much time we have, so we <laughs> should get into it. We open on the ha- uh, hazardous material storage facility, mm-hmm. which I immediately thought did not bode well <laughs> for the episode, for uh, the trajectory that that episode was going to take. Yeah, I kind of thought that was setting something up, and it never came back. I also want to point out that the hazmat this material storage sign was only visible from inside of the hazardous material storage area so if you see the sign it's 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 already a little late if you see the sign you are the hazardous material being stored i hope you were being careful for the five minutes before you saw the sign otherwise you're kind of in trouble (laughs) but you're right either i'm too dumb to put it together or they didn't ever tie in hazardous material disposal to the plot you know they may have just like had had that footage lying around and they yeah. decided to use it. I think it basically was they had some more budget for CGI, so they made some more CGI for the intro, and there you go. <laughs> I think it was really just supposed to be a fancier establishing stuff yeah, for Babylon establishing 5. Establishing shot right there, yeah. Well, it, it, definitely it does pan over to Because I was station. like, ooh, what? we're going to learn some secret that ties into hazardous materials. <laughs> no, false. Didn't happen. 
But hey, we get a bunch of our ambassadors back. We do? It was starting to feel like a totally different show. Like, Ivanova, <laughs> for a hot minute there, was the only character that was carrying over. Ivanova and uh, Londo. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the cast was MIA or replaced with <laughs> stepdads. <laughs> So I was happy that we got some of our beloved ambassadors back this episode. My wife thinks that a new actress was playing Natoth. Can you confirm or deny that? I can. Yes, this is one of the changes from Natoth. It's a different actress. Wow. What What a keen eye yep. on that woman. I, I was like, what are you talking about? They look the same. Of course they look the same. They have the same whole face makeup, like, <laughs> you know, and prosthetics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, if you see them side by side, you can see the difference pretty easily. One's a little bit taller. The voice is definitely different. I myself prefer the first season of Toth. But, you know, as I was saying early on in our reviews, there's quite a lot of character changes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that instead of just giving Sinclair a new actor and being like, no, I'm Sinclair. I've been Sinclair the whole time. Right. (laughs) I'm glad they didn't do that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to ask that. Was was putting the original main character on a bus part of the plan or no? Well, who says he's on a bus? He could be orbiting the station in the hazmat area. That could be why they showed that. He was in rehab for the first few months of this season shooting schedule. Okay. So no, I'm making that up. Maybe I'm not. Maybe that's true and I just guessed it, but no, I'm making that up. That's a story for another time, let's say. I don't want to ruin anything for Andrew. Don't ruin it. Or for yourself, Vincent, there could be evidence of the uh, previous captain returning. Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. By the way, you know, I never look up anything about Babylon 5. Like, I never type it. I never look at Google. I never, like, look for subreddits. I never type the words Babylon 5 into my (laughs) computer. And yet, somehow, somehow Google knows. YouTube is suggesting videos on Babylon 5 to me. And I'm like, how? How does it know? that I'm doing a Babylon 5 related <laughs> activity. So, you know, as many people as we we have the attention of and are listening in, so are our new AI overlords. Yes. Uh, Google knows that you're a, a podcast host for Babylon 5. That's why. Yeah. The, only like 150 people in the whole world know it, but uh, the <laughs> machines also know it. Very true. Great. So, Let's all right. New actress Magna Toth. I was pretty impressed with the CGI of Jakar's little skirmish in space. Yep, I thought they came out. You know, it's still clearly dated, but it's a step up from the previous season for sure. This would this would have been ninety five. This would have been made ninety five ninety six. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's not pretty decent for ninety five. Pretty decent. Like yeah. That era of CG did not age well, and that didn't age well. But for '95, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I I totally agree. I you know cutting it a lot of slack because it is from '95. I think it aged quite well, and I'm comparing that to Lord of the Rings, which I rewatched <laughs> a few months ago. And like the the few instances, well, not the few, but well, I don't know. Yeah, they didn't use CGI for a whole lot in there. But the Balrog does not age well. The Balrog looks like bad CGI. I'm, I'm sorry to tell. <laughs> so with that in mind, that that was done with a bigger budget and many years later. Right. Well, I don't know. When did, it, when did it come out? Early 2000s, right? Early I think mid-2000s. Oh, no. Okay. 
<laughs> um, but anyway, like given that their budget was a fraction of what Peter Jackson was working on and was years earlier. Yeah, 2001. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm Fellowship wrong. of the Ring, 2001. And like half a decade earlier, props to their CGI team. They did a great job. Yep. They did quite well with the limited budget they had. And they did a good job of intermixing it with the live action scenes of Jakar in the cockpit and stuff like that. They did pretty well with that. And we see a little bit more CGI later on, too. I was, I was a little, there was a detail about that that kind of confused me. It seemed like when Jakar was, which is the red eyed guy, right? That's Jakar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Jakar. It seemed like when he got back, nobody believed him that he had fought the starfish aliens or whatever that was. Yep. Was that the takeaway? Because. Yeah, so four ships went out and only one of them came back. And then I guess people just didn't believe him that something could happen. So he does Uh, have a pretty antagonistic relationship with, definitely with Londo, the dude with the crazy hair. Well, yes, the 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 person who betrayed him constantly in the episode, yes. Well, I mean, true. But yeah, nobody really likes Jakar that much. I mean, the, the pilot, they played him up as like a skeezy straight up bad guy right yeah and they've softened that he's become definitely more of a moral gray character but uh i think yeah i think you read that right i don't think anyone's just going to take jakar's word mm-hmm. that some major right. thing happened that should upset the geopolitical balance and everyone should just go along with it because he says yeah my complaint with this mm-hmm. is that so you're not aware of this vincent but jakar's kind of a high level character i mean first of all he's an ambassador Mm-hmm. as you see that but he's also in the ruling body of his people he's like a, a senator basically mm-hmm. i don't know too many senators going into war zones in a plane that they're piloting them by themselves without like way more security <laughs> and way oh, more protection yeah. and he had himself and what two or three other fighters there just jumping between worlds and i mean they could have been jumped by a whole fleet of centauri warships and no one would have known it yeah, he was really taking a page out of old Sinclair's yeah, book there. Yeah, And, like, w- when we're introduced to that scene, it's already too late. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, save yourself. And he somehow does, even though two shots barely missed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, the other thing is we're just we're just doing World War II in space, right? That's what that was. Be- because it seems like the only sensor available to Jakar uh, was the old Mark I eyeball. <laughs> one eyeball by, by the way speaking of can't you guys do this a more efficient way jakar coming back and being we were you know we went all the way to the outer rim right mm-hmm. and and i searched for days and i'm like <laughs> oh wow days huh yeah. you must have really covered a lot of that outer rim in days i don't know the out- day sounds wait, like wait. a laughably short amount of time well, you have to, to search think about something it. called spent, the outer rim. He 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 spent he spent days in in that one man fighter. Right. Yeah. There, there ain't no shower in there. Well, yeah. You don't know how many bottles I had to fill, guys. <laughs> All right. You're gonna listen to my story. But again, it'd be me like being like I can't find the remote, and I've looked for like a minute. <laughs> Or uh, couldn't find the wreckage of the Titanic, and I've been looking for, you know, actually, yeah. I've, imagine someone saying, I've been looking for days, and I've yet to find uh, the wreck of I, the I have some, I have some bad Bismarck news. Um, oh, yeah. When the guy found the Titanic, I believe it did really only take him three days. <laughs> did it really? Yeah. Yeah. Was that his first time looking for it? No. So um, 
I, I think I think when the Na- the Navy got this uh, I know this this story that's half remembered is the Navy got some reservists to go lead the search for two submarines that had gone missing, and he had the ship he had the searchy ship the survey <laughs> ship for like a week, the and they're like, ship. okay, if you find the submarines, you could go spend the rest of your time looking for the Titanic. And so he found I think one of the submarines was Skipjack. I don't remember the other, but yeah, so he found the submarines and then the Titanic in wow. like a week. He's just like dusted his shoulders off. Like, why'd you guys? Why? Why'd you wait so long? <laughs> wow, what a boss! Yeah, what a boss. Um, yeah, so there's there's a half okay. remembered story from well, me. Well, anyway, yeah, Jakar searching the outer rims for it's, days. It's a pretty. I had, to, I had to laugh at that. It's a pretty good example of sci-fi writers not understanding that space is really big. Well, yeah, it it, it is. There was another episode where they flew somewhere that was designated far away capital mm-hmm. f capital a far away mm-hmm. and they're like it's a three hour trip <laughs> and i'm like three hours isn't isn't far even you know in the context of like a state much you know, less space three hours is enough to get you lost on a tour and be stuck on an yeah. island for a very long time so there's that oh, yeah <laughs> you didn't think gilgan's isle was real did you <laughs> Those poor people. <laughs> Going back to Galaxy Quest. <laughs> back to Galaxy Quest. Call call back there. Ah, oh, I love that movie. I think it's okay, but yeah. Jakar Jakar gets his team killed and comes back with a story to tell. It comes back. It has has no has no photographs or sensor logs or anything because all he has is his eyeballs. It's not that kind of future yeah it's in fact in the pilot they like explicitly built in we had to turn off all the security cameras because it turns out having like a realistic amount of security cameras in a diplomatic space station would ruin all the mysteries yeah (laughs) they want to tell yeah you you have to go through like six checkpoints with armed guards to get anywhere yeah this episode didn't have an issue with security this time that you could point to andrew no issues with security this time around, so that's good. That's true. Although I did love the traitor security guard slowly unholstering his gun <laughs> as, like, literally as Garibaldi was laying there being, I I don't remember. And I'm like, Jesus, dude, calm down. What, are you going to shoot all five people in that room? <laughs> Maybe the answer was yes. Yep. So speaking of the doctor, I loved when he, he was talking about Garibaldi and you just knew, you just knew, he's like, this is Dr. Franklin. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to do an unauthorized procedure. He's going <laughs> to, like, he can't even wait. Look at him. Look at him. He can't wait. And sure enough, sure enough, he's, I have a suggestion. It's not authorized. But then the commander says, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's use this alien execution machine. Does that make it authorized? <laughs> yes, an authority it, it, figure it, it gives does. You... Yes, the commander authorized yeah, it. Yeah, the commander it's authorized, authorized it. So now, yeah. now it's not unauthorized anymore. I'm surprised he yeah. still wanted to do it, honestly. <laughs> it takes the fun out of it when you have permission. Yeah, I'll say as someone who just parachuted in, the phrase life force coming up in the show was extremely off-putting. <laughs> I did not expect it. I mean, now that I've seen an episode, I, I get I get more what the show is actually about. But and I, I, had a, I had a I had another question about that. Is that like giving blood where bone marrow will produce more blood, or when you when you lose life force, is it just gone, or or do you get more? Does it's, it grow back? It's definitely intentionally back. Like it's that's vague, at, yeah. like yeah, it's it's future space healing magic. 
But you're not allowed to call things magic in sci-fi, so it's I mean, I mean, you, you you can Star Wars just straight up uses space magic, and that's it's they fine. Don't, they call it the Force. <laughs> they don't call it magic, do they? Well, but the Force is actually a, a good comparison because this is a, another very vaguely, broadly defined thing. The Force does whatever mm-hmm. it needs to. There's no mechanics or rules around the Force. It, they're space wizards. They're space wizards. Yeah, so anyway, this is a little piece of alien space wizardry technology. But it is contained within that technology. It's not like you can replicate it outside, at least so far that we've seen. It is. I have to say I'm a little suspicious of this thing, though, because it really feels like a save the protagonists from death plot device. Mm. I mean, he, he 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 was just in a coma. They could have just had him wake up. That's true. They should have. They should have had him wake up like Kill Bill style. So, so um, now, now I, I wonder if they didn't really plan to have the new protagonist, and it, it seemed like there was a lot of characterization that was just kind of rushed into the episode. And this is, I don't actually know what the answer is, but mm-hmm. yeah, it seemed that way. So there, there was some stuff we'll get to probably get to later, but. Seemed like they had had an episode planned out, and then they're like, "Oh are you, no!" Are you talking about to... the dead wife plot? I'm talking about the dead wife. Yeah, plot. the dead wife plot. The so, captain's uh, sister conveniently visiting on his second week on the station. Yeah, yeah, and once again, why is everyone on Bab Five so pushy about grief? You know, <laughs> this she kept being like, "It's been two years, Jonathan," and I'm like, "That doesn't sound like a long time to me." for losing your wife right yeah two years is a long time when you're in high school two years is not a long time like why why did they pick two years they didn't they could have picked 10 years he oh he's still torn up a decade later but no in her defense he he does get over it very very quickly (laughs) uh, within the course of this 22 minute episode so yeah uh, maybe, it's maybe true. you know, maybe in the future, two years is a really long time. Maybe, you know, there's a standard 15 minute period for grieving in the future after your wife dies. That's, that's how long you get. And then you're back to work. That's right. I think I think it's like a, a week for every month you knew them. <laughs> well, I think it actually aligns with the time frame of exploring stuff, because if it takes three hours to get really far away, then obviously... Um two years is a very long time to be grieving someone when you could get somewhere in three hours right so maybe i think they're just lining up everything and with relativity since he was in a spaceship that whole time it probably (laughs) was like two years and eight seconds you know so really it's even longer (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, you know, again, they went back to this well of rushing people's grief. Mm-hmm. Like, your father died and you need to mourn the way that I find satisfying, Ivanova. <laughs> and this one's like, your wife is dead. It's been two whole years. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I don't know. I, again, it was like, tell, don't show. You know, the actor did a fine job, but. I just, you know, you can't tell me how amazing this person was and how important the relationship was. It just doesn't hit that hard. A couple flashback scenes, mm-hmm. I think, would have gone I, a long way. I don't know that they had time for it. You saw the editing. They were not willing to spare a single second that they didn't need well, to for anything. I mean, they, <laughs> they they had a lot of the captain's stepdad gnashing his teeth. 
They had a lot of that. And they could have <laughs> replaced all of that with a stoic single tear rolling down his cheek as they pull the camera away. All of that teeth gnashing could have been replaced with that if they had a few telling flashbacks where we knew what he was thinking as we watched that manly tear. You know? (laughs) I don't know, Andrew. I think it's kind of hard to come back from that haircut his wife had. I don't know. Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) She looked like Uber Karen with that haircut. But between the occasional Garibaldi outfit and that haircut, like, it really dates the show. <laughs> yeah. Big hair, bright color, windbreakers. Yep. Like, yeah. This is what they wear in space, guys. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I wasn't crazy about the dead wife plot. Yeah. Well, another thing I wanted to touch on was, you know, you were complaining last episode how everyone was just all hunky-dory with the captain. Well, on this episode, Garibaldi is definitely not that way with the captain. Garibaldi speaks for us all yeah thank you garibaldi we don't know this guy we don't know this guy and we know there's a secret conspiracy that goes all the way to the top and if it wasn't for that scene where the vice president lied to the commander and really transparent lies that i can't believe he didn't see through i if it wasn't for that i'd be like this guy's obviously been put here by the powers that didn't want Sinclair to stay here or, you know, whatever. I didn't really cotton on to whether or not I was supposed to think that Sinclair, like, knew that those were lies. They, they were so obvious. So this guy wasn't Sinclair. This is Sorry, this uh, is uh, Commander Stepdad. Is his <laughs> Commander Stepdad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Command, yeah, okay. Um, also known as Sheridan, if you want to. Yeah, okay. Um, I think it's Swedish. Stepdad. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't understand whether or not Commander Stepdad was supposed to know that the vice president was transparently lying or if he was supposed to buy it well he, uh, he sort of turned around and had this look on his face like oh i'm i'm being had but then later on ivanova was like oh that the ship's credentials were fake and he was like what? <laughs> it's like well why did you put the if you were suspicious yeah so so i agree with you vincent it wasn't obvious to me at first you thought he kind of was getting the hint but then later he was blindsided and you're like well be more genre savvy stepdad yeah, and and, and um <laughs> something else like that happened when uh jakar's like well obviously lando has betrayed us uh or lando oh yeah when he was like well no one knew except the people in this room <laughs> and lando <laughs> and then, just has this like pokeriest face poker face and you're just you look guilty as hell lando <laughs> and then commander stepdad's like well what are you implying and it's like well it's it's incredibly obvious what's happening here commander stepdad Okay. Oh, since we're jumping all over the place. So this meeting all references the fact that Lando gave Space Satan (laughs) some information. And I do want to just comment on Lando and Space Satan's first scene together because Lando calls this meeting because he's afraid that somebody might attach him to that attack on, uh, you know, whatever, the end of last season. And... As everyone knows, the best way to make sure a secret is kept is to convene meetings in the secret garden, the garden for whispering secrets, and then talk at normal volumes about how you're worried you're going to be implicated in, and then, you know, explain in detail the thing you're worried about being implicated in. This is how you keep secrets, guys. Uh, You got to be sure to uh, leak information that could have only been leaked from you to later on, just, Mm -hmm. you know. 
Great point. And especially if there's nothing being offered in return, except for a vague suggestion of goodwill that very clearly won't benefit you. What's his, what's his actual name? Mr. Morden? Yeah. All he wants is a favor. All he wants is a favor, but he's just like, just let me know. And there's no threat. It was just, you know, because we've helped you out so much. I don't know. It wasn't obvious to me why Londo told him. Clearly Londo isn't 110% up on this guy, right? He's a little suspicious. Why did Londo go out of his way to give him this information? Uh, I, I just want to point out that we have we have another in- instance of writers not understanding that space is big here, where... Uh... Londo tells Mr. Sate when the ship will be arriving, but not where in orbit it will be. And that's orbit is a big place, it turns oh, out. Yeah, you know, I had that same thought. Yeah, they, they just said they'll show up at the planet, which, as those of you who live on a planet may know, is not very specific. And, you know, if you think about how much area the surface of the planet covers, again, for those of you who happen to live on a planet, you'll know that the surface is quite large. <laughs> it's even bigger when you go into orbit. There's even more area, much more area. So yeah, the, the fact that he's like, oh, they're going to show up at this planet and then they show up like 30 feet away from the ambush. Yeah, a little sus. A little <laughs> bit, a uh, little sus there. Well, they say that that space is littered with the bodies of time travelers that didn't account for the fact that the planet moves. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're back in time, and congratulations. The you know the Earth is not where it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have have fun in deep space. Nerd. You're in the same place relative to the center of the galaxy. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, another cool CGI scene. At least you get to see a cool ship getting blown up. It's yeah, always fun. That was pretty neat. It's pretty neat. The, the bad guy ships, I don't think, look quite as like mysterious and ominous as I think they could have done with modern CGI. Mm-hmm. You know, the sort of humanoid, kind of mechanical-looking ships, they do quite well at yeah. portraying, I think, the intention. But these sort of mysterious alien ships, it is hard to tell what's going on with them, but not in like a creepy, oh my god, you know, the universe is filled with mysterious horrors that you know, are beyond our comprehension kind of way. Mm-hmm. And more of like, yeah, the CGI is kind of kind of funky sort of way. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if they were going for like Coral or uh, a child's first 3D print. <laughs> Actually, Coral's an interesting thought. They do look kind of Coral-like, don't they? A little bit, a little bit. Question for you, Andrew. Going back to Stellaris, when Jakar gets back, he starts alluding to ancient powers getting their forces together and starting to do things. Did that uh, bring up any any thoughts from you about Stellaris? Because that definitely did for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I don't think that's a surprise at all, right? Like, the people who made that game are clearly fans of science fiction. And yes. it is no surprise to me that a lot of the Easter eggs in that game get plucked right out of these, <laughs> these shows and these plot lines. Not that Bad Five is at, by any means the first to introduce, like, ancient horrors of the galaxy of the cosmos that like you know are beyond our comprehension but, yeah, uh, yeah yeah ancient races returning <laughs> i uh there, there was one thing about that that i just kind of thought was funny that the apparently the uh what's jakar's race who are they they're the what now they're called the, uh, the red-eyed the narn okay yeah. yeah apparently their holy texts have drawings in them yeah i've yeah. never seen a holy text with a drawing in it uh in my life so i, I just thought that was amusing <laughs> 
I didn't catch that. Yeah, good call. Good call. Yeah, their holy text is apparently pictographs. Like, <laughs> yeah, quite quite uh, specific and precise about the things it talks about. Yeah, yeah. Unlike many other holy texts. <laughs> yeah, unlike any real ones. <laughs> so let's see the unauthorized authorized procedure mm-hmm. that Franklin wants to perform is a success, mm-hmm. and Garibaldi wakes up. And I did love when, you know, they tell him that Sinclair was reassigned and then Commander Stepdad steps forward and is like, you know, but I'm the new CO. And Garibaldi just gives them this look <laughs> that reminded me of that scene in Anchorman. If you remember, Ron Burgundy's out and one of his co-anchors just looks at him like, you're not Ron. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Uh, when he when he looked at Commander Stepdad and Garibaldi speaks for us all. He's like, "Who are you? I don't trust you. <laughs> I don't like you. I want my real dad back. <laughs> I don't care that you gave up some of your life force for me. What whatever that may mean." Yeah, it does speak rather highly of Commander Stepdad that he wasn't like, "Hey, look, man, I, I saved your life just now." Sort of. Really, the doctor did, but. <laughs> Well, uh, it's unclear what the doctor did other than other than attach a thing to his arm and turn a machine on. But yeah, you know, that machine is so much less interesting without consequences. Mm-hmm. Like when it does damage to somebody to save someone else, like that's full of drama and really interesting ethical implications. But when it just saves somebody and that's it. it's kind of i don't know it's kind of boring and it just becomes a save the protagonist plot device you could have at least given them gray hairs or something to make it look like they actually lost you could have had them look like they were in pain when this was happening i you know i love the gray hair idea if they had given a shock of gray hair i mean franklin is bald but to the commander or Mm -hmm. something i think that would have been perfect yeah awesome something about his characterization that we watched happen on screen Mm -hmm. that he made interesting decisions to bring about but yeah no didn't do anything just save garibaldi yes i mentioned the editing it was weird that they hook it up to himself then the next time we see it it's garibaldi waking up it's it seemed like there was like a scene that probably should have been in there that maybe they did film and was cut it's very yeah, possible i think yeah. that's probably like likely yeah let's see what else when jakar gets back to babylon 5 he is wearing a super glittery outfit <laughs> he was he was shining like a like a sun walking down that hallway just wanted to call that out <laughs> this crazy usually it's lando that has the crazy ornate outfits but lando is looking almost drab next to jakar yeah he has the nice green sash that's pretty cool this green sash yep and then don't forget the maybe storyline c of sorts with lanier tending to delenn yes. and delenn's reappearance yes. That one scene where before Delenn comes out and we just kind of cut to Lanier patting down the cocoon and he just says, soon, soon. I was like, That's, couldn't he have done something better than that? That sounds so corny. I agree. I totally agree. And also, how does he know? How yeah. does he know it's soon? How does he know I what's thought, even happening? Right. When Delane comes out and she's, what am I? It's like, <laughs> lady... You know that. Nobody else knows. Nobody knows what the hell you're doing except you. You're the only one who could possibly know what you are. She's the dragonborn, uh, obviously with those scales. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> she is the chosen one. And at first you think, oh man, she has rock skin. Yeah. Now she's going to have rock skin. And it turns out, no, that's just some like psoriasis. <laughs> and, uh, the doctor picks it off. That, that's just some of the cocoon crust. Yeah, just yeah. a little cocoon crust. Don't worry about that. And I mean, I think I laughed out loud you when did. the final reveal came. And it's <laughs> like, oh, it's it's normal Delenn with hair. Yes. Yeah. Now she has hair. You you missed the other funny bit where the doc breaks off some of the crust, and he's like, "Is that supposed to? Happen? <laughs> yeah, is that supposed to happen? <laughs> or did I just? Or did it just? Did I just cripple you? Yeah. Yeah." I have a couple things about this. So if the chrysalis works anything like real cocoons, when a caterpillar is becoming a butterfly or moth, it basically dissolves the caterpillar inside the cocoon and it re-establishes the creature, yeah. right? So I'm which curious. Which is bonkers. Yeah. Which is it's... just a nuts. <laughs> I didn't know that. And that is, that is insane. Yeah. 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 So I'm wondering if that happened to Delenn, all for the fact that she could get some hair now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it is nice hair. It is. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. That This whole time I was, what? What? Is she <laughs> going to turn into a Super Saiyan Mimbari? Like, no. She's just going to look a little bit less alien. Right. So this is one of the areas where they had to cut back on things because the technology at the time wasn't the greatest. And sure. they just didn't have what they needed to really do what they wanted for that. So if you remember in the very pilot episode... Delenn was much more androgynous looking. Mm-hmm. The whole idea was that Delenn was going to be a male gendered character to start with. And then she would go through this transformation. She'd come out as a female character with more human features. But they couldn't figure out how to do the voice translations correctly and things like that. So they just kind of went with this kind of half-assed sort of trans. Mm-hmm. Uh, transition that she went to so they were trying to do male to female transition but they just couldn't figure out how to do it quite at the time at least in a way that the uh, showrunner felt would be good i see i see that standpoint so that that makes a lot of sense i think they did a reasonably good job i will like vincent having not seen other episodes of the show did the reveal have any impact on you or (laughs) were you just like oh a person I mean, I understood that she was a, before she went into the cocoon. She would had 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 ears in weird places, like like the other one, the oh, other yeah, yes. uh, what whatever she is, I forget. Mimbari, yeah, Nimbari, Mimbari, yeah, Mimbari. Yeah. So, like, like I, I understood what had happened, but they, they lingered on it an awful long time. Like I was going to be shocked to see like like a human that kind with, with like a weird reverse tiara and i I was not i think i think she's supposed to be beautiful which i don't know maybe maybe i'm being shallow and and ass (laughs) but i did not read beautiful well she had she had a lot of hair therefore beautiful she had a lot of hair but she still had a lot of brow Uh, (laughs) i don't know if that's the makeup or the actress but yeah a lot lot of brow on that mimbari so what you're saying is that you are racist against mimbari is that what you're saying and that be speciesist 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 <laughs> speciesist maybe another maybe it's a lot phylumist maybe it's a different phylum entirely wait 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 would, would aliens be in be in what is the, it king, king, kingdom, the kingdom phylum class yeah would they even be in the kingdom <laughs> if they're from a different planet yeah they're a different planet entirely is, is that is, is that is that is just straight up a different kingdom yeah i mean probably yeah so so don't be kingdomist <laughs> is what we're saying 
You know what they really missed an opportunity for? They established in the previous season that Lanier is this badass kung fu master. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they have anyone try to disturb the cocoon and Lanier had to fight them off? You like, know, maybe... That would have been a perfect callback to that skill set employed to a pro- plot-relevant purpose. And they just <laughs> they, they didn't even go for it. I was so disappointed. Well, in the previous episode, they walked up to that line, but they didn't cross it. He had his whole fingers out, ready to go kung fu on the other Mimbari guy. It's true. They teased it, but, but they, they should have gone it. through. Oh, yeah. I, I think I complained about it. And you did. I recall now yeah. complaining about it. This complaint feels familiar. <laughs> yes, but you are correct then that they haven't brought that back just yet. Yeah. Okay. So Jakar is back. Delenn is back. And Garibaldi arrests the guy that shoots him. Yep. Yep, Garibaldi is back and arrests no. the guy that, that shoots him. No, Garibaldi arrested a man that happened to be behind him while he was shot. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. We, they, he does, he just, he just mere, knows he's behind him. He doesn't actually... The mirror only shows his face. He had a very betray-y face. <laughs> his face was saying, I'm betraying you right now in this moment. And let this be a lesson to all of you guys. If you're going to stab someone in the back, don't do it while they're facing a mirror. It's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and don't don't confess to it when you're lightly prompted. <laughs> he he did crack real fast. Although turns out he does have protection, so it, I don't think he was too yeah, concerned I, with I, that. I, I, th- I, th- I think his protection would be pretty upset with him if, if they when they find out he just like confessed and told them that there was a big conspiracy that he didn't know about. Like they never gave him the shut the fuck up if you get arrested speech <laughs> just just shut your damn mouth yeah i actually thought they treated that character pretty light like i think it would have been more compelling if he had just melted away almost never to be seen or maybe to pop up again yeah but no i guess they addressed it they had the psychic remember it for garibaldi and then like vincent said like good thing he just cracked under a couple questions because they established that the psychic viewing wasn't admissible in court mm-hmm yeah that bugged me that they they had no actual evidence on the guy and he just he just confessed to it (laughs) and apparently they only had one copy of the tape where he confessed to you know and and they put it on the the obviously the obviously fake ship that they They didn't take backups well you know you live and you learn (laughs) you live and you learn Who, who among us haven't been tricked into handing over all our evidence to shadowy organizations within the government (laughs) <laughs> i wanted to also talk about the fate of commander stepdad's wife yeah miss stepmom i mm-hmm. assume would is, would be her name that's true yeah who was on a ship called the icarus mm-hmm. which exploded yep and guys listen stop getting on ships named for the uh, the fatal flaw of hubris <laughs> Like, it's not going to end well. It's going to explode. It's going to explode. It's thematically impossible that it doesn't explode or, you know, somehow go wrong. Yeah, ship called the Icarus, you kind of deserve that. You kind of deserve that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty obvious, uh, the foreboding nature of that name. It's true. And then I was too dumb to catch this, but my wife caught it. Uh, she immediately put together that the mysterious thing that exploded her ship was in the same place as the mysterious thing that's exploding the Narn ships. Mm-hmm. 
And she was actually like, wow, I thought it was pretty ham-fisted the way they made that so obvious. <laughs> I yeah, like, I, did, I didn't really oh, catch yeah. that either, to be fair. Then after she said it, I was like, oh my god, I think you're right. But uh, she's too smart out for on the rim, show, so. what Yeah, out, out on the rim, like two days away from the station. Yeah, the rim's far away and it takes two days to get there. That's a long time. Which is why two years is a very long time to be mourning someone. Today's true. Long time. Oh, hey, jumping back to the interrogation, <laughs> when Garibaldi's telling him what's going to happen when they put him out the airlock, I'm pretty sure a lot of those, like, I don't think your heart explodes. I feel like I would know. <laughs> that sounds like one of those things that, that you would be told in the course of a physics degree at some point. Because, like, you know, it is true that your eyeballs will boil. Right? I mean, yeah, your, your blood will boil. Because, yeah, if it gets exposed. Yeah, because there's no pressure, right? Mm-hmm. So things boil at very low temperatures. So intense sounding things like that is true. But I don't think your heart explodes. I'm, I'm almost certain that your heart wouldn't explode. Well, I think we can give Garibaldi a pass. He's not a physics degree holder, no, I'm pretty sure. I'm not giving him a pass. When you <laughs> are threatening people that shot you in the back, you need to be physiologically accurate with your threats. <laughs> You know, he he does live in space. He should know some things about living in space. It's like, but does he though? But does yeah, he live yeah, in he, space? Well, yes, does he though? In space, yes, totally in space. I don't know. I'm starting to I'm starting to wonder. I'm starting to wonder if this whole thing is even real. These are historical documents, Andrew. You know that. But we we only see so many rooms. Where are the rest of the rooms? <laughs> Uh, they're there they're there they just filmed the important rooms <laughs> that's all all right yeah i think that covers all the main talking points in the episode i have one today. more main talking point yeah what's that why do the shuttles fly up the station's butt <laughs> same reason you fly up the station's butt in elite dangerous exactly that's where elite dangerous got uh, that from yeah because then the hole spins and the holes are rectangle right i so guess that makes sense and you, and you don't have to chase the hole yeah it'd yeah. be really 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 be a pain um, <laughs> they, they really thought this one out yeah no this, this one thing they, they really thought out. you know mm-hmm. honestly for tv show space technology it is relatively well thought through all the things oh. that i've had questions oh. about i've actually gotten pretty satisfactory answers so that reminds me of one thing that it's a really trivial thing but it, it really bugged me so the human government is is the Earth Alliance, right? Yep. Uh-huh. And Earth Alliance is like the comedy choice for what you name your thing, because there's more than the Earth in the Earth Alliance. There's a reason the country we're in now is the United States of America and not, say, the, the Delaware Confederacy. <laughs> but, well, I think you're assuming that the Earth Alliance is Earth aligned with other planets, what if it is an alliance of the nations of Earth? Yeah, but there's people on the moon in this universe, right? And they're in the Earth Alliance. Are there people on Mars? Are there other colonies? There are people on Mars. In yeah. fact, a coup on Mars was well, the background of one episode. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's you, you got to name you got to name your nation <laughs> to represent the, the, well, the entirety of the is, nation. Is Mars in the Earth Alliance? Yes, it is. Well, okay. As is Io and Titan. I I can't believe none of them other colonies (laughs) want to be included in the name. And and the other, so this is this is just the prologue. So the Earth Alliance, like the logo, is is like a big E. It's a big E and A. 
<laughs> it's, it's well the a the a is under the e and is right. barely visible but it's like it's a big e which is even worse because like you're supposed to use symbolism in your symbolism <laughs> guys i think ea the game company <laughs> eventually takes over the world and that's just what happens does, exactly. you know they have a and, lot of brand value in that logo, so they don't want to abandon it. And, and I, just, I just want to say this makes it even worse, because now we're only representing the people that speak English, or, or <laughs> that makes any sense at all. If you look at like the UN logo, it's the Earth from like the North Pole, because that doesn't prefer any specific region. I don't know. That's very Santa-centric. <laughs> yeah, it, it oh is. And also, what about like... Australia and New Zealand? They're down the south side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's you, you can still see them, yes, <laughs> if you look at it. They, they put some thought into it, so it wouldn't favor any particular nation. But no, no, they just, just big E here in Babylon 5. So, yeah, I found that way more off-putting than I should have. <laughs> It's understandable, yeah. I think. But, they, maybe yeah. in the reboot, they should have better branding for these future geopolitical entities. I think that makes sense. All right. <laughs> Eric, do you have a science corner for us? I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Space! Well, Science Corner is going to go again to our friends at the Artemis 1 space mission who are currently doing some fuel line tests in the hopes of being able to launch the Artemis 1 rocket, I think, in a weekend, the next weekend. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And then how long will it be in transit? Two days. No. <laughs> really? No. Yeah, it's Babylon it's 5 or... time. Okay, right? okay. It's you're the, messing with it's me. It's two, three days you're to the moon, yeah. Yeah. Is it about two, three days? It's two, three days. I thought it was like a week. No, it's two, three days. No, let's... Uh, someone ring up Tom Hanks. It, it, it's it's three hours, actually. Three hours. <laughs> I'm going to type in how long... Walk <laughs> to the moon. Did Apollo 11 take? Hey, we're not Apollo 11 anymore. That's 60s technology, man. It's true. It'll give me a... Yeah, eight eight days. Okay. That's, that's there and back and also dicking around on the moon. Oh, you're exactly. right. You're right. That's the total mission duration is eight days. Okay, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Traveled three days until they entered lunar orbit. Wow. Mm-hmm. I thought it was... I thought it would take longer than that. Yeah. Man, it's it's almost a day trip. You know, you could go uh, there... I, I guess Get we all coffee. I guess we all owe Babylon 5 an apology for making fun of Jakar <laughs> searching... The outer rim for at least several minutes. Yeah. yeah. A whole moon's worth of time. Exactly. That is so cool. It's it's kind of amazing that we're going to hopefully, fingers crossed, see people walking on the moon again in our mm-hmm. lifetime. I think we will. I think we will. Because I think the next mission is planned for later next year, if I remember correctly. This first one will be an unmanned mission, just kind of testing out all the various things. And then the next Make mission... Make sure it doesn't explode. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And the next mission will actually be a manned mission, if I recall correctly. And I believe that's scheduled for sometime in late 2023 or early 2024 is yeah. the planned named, launch for Named that. the Icarus, I believe. Yeah. Great I name. Correctly. Great name for a rocket ship. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll go great. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That would be cool. I'm hoping that I can uh, watch it in real time with yeah. the launch because that would be cool. Yeah. That, that was very exciting. 
That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Nice. I love yeah. I love your science corners, Eric. You always bring good stuff. We aim to educate here at the Podcasting Guild. That's our job, <laughs> right? Yeah. We should get classified as as educational. Educational, yeah. <laughs> we'll have lazy teachers put us on in class and take a nap. <laughs> so before I wrap up, yeah. Who is your favorite character in this episode? You, you know, I, I liked, I assume this is directed at me. I liked, uh, I liked Jakar just because he's the only one that wasn't, frankly, really incompetent. <laughs> yeah, Commander's stepdad gets bamboozled. Commander's stepdad negotiates with, with the, uh, with Dr. Franklin about who's gonna, who they're gonna hook the machine up to. And it's like, you're mm-hmm. just in charge, dude. Why is this a negotiation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he gets bamboozled. He, um, what else does he do that's not for... Yeah, so he does that. Like, J- Jakar actually does manage to survive attempting to get killed by aliens. Uh, you know, Londo <laughs> gets tricked by Satan very easily. Was it Del- Delon? Delon gets into a cocoon, apparently, without yeah. knowing what it will do. Delane, yeah, Delane. yeah. Well, this episode, yeah. she just got out of it. But <laughs> all good. I, I, I think, honestly, Jakar probably... Yeah, did the most interesting things this episode, so I would agree with that. I do mm. want to give a special shout out to the sister, though. Yeah, because <laughs> honestly, it's just kind of funny to have a character <laughs> whose only role is to berate another character for being <laughs> sad about his dead wife. Well, the first thing she does is comment on how he's gotten fat when she sees him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Straight out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. Some sister. Wow. No mercy. No mercy from this one. Oh, so now now you're now you're single and fat. Oh, great! Yeah, really d- doing well, aren't you, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Londo, I do want to point out he was being an ambassador in this episode. He was trying to get motions passed and everything. So there's more ambassadorial oh, stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. So about that, this occurred to me. They couldn't do business because there are only three or five of them there. But I feel like three should be quorum shouldn't it how many how many people's quorum for this it's actually not obvious if only the five main ones like in the first couple episodes they seem to make an attempt to be like actually there's lots of ambassadors and you just don't see them because these five are like the security council of the un which well you you have to show up to the security council because otherwise you won't be there to veto the korean war (laughs) and you really you really want to do that it turns out Um, you should you should not you should make sure you show up that day Uh, that's soviet union i'm looking at you The (laughs) the day of the big veto oh my god what time is it oh god so i did want to point that londo did become an ambassador for a brief second there that was good yeah every once in a while these ambassadors do ambassadory things uh, you know I, th- I think i think you know leaking information counts as ambassador oh, things true, too true. to be frank i'll um, give them that but flying around in a fighter squadron definitely does not no ambassador no nor does hanging out in a cocoon <laughs> even for hair reasons <laughs> and i know i know it's hard to imagine an ambassador without Cocooning themselves for hair reasons. Do you think her hair came out of the cocoon like that, or did they have to get a stylist in and also swear? Was it like a newborn baby, (laughs) just like drenched in cocoon muck? 
And is the hair on the inside of the cocoon crust or the outside? Oh, that's that's real disturbing. It's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah, yeah. Did they have to decrustify the hair? I would have liked to seen that part, like her reaction to what she saw <laughs> in the mirror and stuff. They needed uh, they needed extra strength, head and shoulders. Yeah. You know, I actually agree with you, Eric. I think if they had made it a more... Like, they kind of had to be like, what am I? But I think there might have been something gained by making it a bit more visceral. Right. And making you sort of think a little more about what would a transformation of your body you don't fully understand. It, it would have made it hit harder. I think so. Because this was yeah. really like, they, she went into the cocoon, she came out, and she has hair. They could have used some more time on they could have used some more time on a lot of things in this mm-hmm. episode, I feel like. I feel like this was That's like true. one kinda... and a half episodes worth of stuff. But it's not the first episode I've had that thought about, too. I think you're right. I think they maybe didn't need to do... Like, did the dead wife have to be in this episode? Maybe. Maybe because they're trying to tie it to the Outer Rim explosions. That, and they wanted to speed up the introduction of the new captain too probably yeah it, it feels like they had they had like a season planned and all of a sudden they're like at the last minute they had to shove in a bunch of characterization for this new yeah. uh this new character that they introduced and I'm they with, weren't planning I'm on with garibaldi you're not my real dad <laughs> i don't trust you you can't make me go to bed <laughs> you can't make all, me die. all those things garibaldi said <laughs> he definitely said those things well, overall, I'll give this one a B. I thought it was a reasonably good episode. Yeah. What are your thoughts, uh, Some things Vincent? to laugh at. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't I don't remember much in 90s television. I'd really like to be able to put judge it in that context because mm-hmm. it's, it's not fair to judge this compared to, like, 2020 TV because <laughs> that's, that's just grossly unfair so i can't really say i think i think it was better than voyager <laughs> oh, i'll say that fighting words i don't know not with me i don't care but no, no nobody's really going to be upset that i said babylon 5 is better than star trek voyager as far <laughs> as i can tell babylon 5 did not immediately forget about its entire premise so yeah yeah you know it's got that going for it at the very least <laughs> I've gotten many things to say about Star Trek Voyager, but that's for another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but definitely true from that standpoint. All right. Well, anything else before we wrap up, gentlemen? No, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining, Vincent. thanks, Thanks for joining. All right. So our next episode we'll be watching is The Geometry of Shadows. So look forward to that. And with that... Any last words, Andrew? Oh, just just a small handful. Good eating to you. A good eating to you, too. <laughs> <laughs>